Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you about our recent Tokyo Disneyland vacation. I'm joined at the table by Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. And back in our production facility, we have our associate producer, Rhino Clavin. Hello. And our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. Um, we are actually have a, a rare opportunity here. We are filming this pretty much right off of our trip. Mm-hmm. That never happens. It's usually weeks or months later. So I'm excited to tell you all about our Tokyo Disneyland trip, share with you some of our experiences, um, our, our impressions of the park, impressions of the people and um, things in general. As you may or may not know, this was part of a much bigger trip that we did. We did an Adventures by Disney China vacation that was um, modified. We worked with Adventures by Disney to make a trip that was more Disney-centric than China-centric. So we focused on the parks, Hong Kong Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland, with some China in the middle there. Of course, you can't really go to China without really seeing the, the country and experiencing it. But this Tokyo portion was an add-on that we did. It wasn't part of the Adventures by Disney. Um, We talked to the folks going on our trip, and we said, listen, we're going to be over there anyway. What do you say we go to Tokyo? And sort of get all the parks in and part of sort of a bucket list trip to experience all the the Disney parks. And luckily for us, our folks are great. And we had 14 or 16, I don't know how many people. Yeah, we had 31 on the actual China adventure, but we had more than half that went to Tokyo first. A lot of us um, checked off all the Disney Park boxes this time. So happy that they joined us because it allowed Kevin and I I to do it sort of in a safe bubble, traveling with friends. Um, This is not something that we booked through sort of regular means. We had to do a group with uh, Tokyo, so we worked with someone specifically in Tokyo to put together these number of rooms we needed and the tickets. Um, so it's not exactly something that was an off-the-shelf um, trip that we did. It was a little bit special because it was done through a group. But I know that's what what's going to happen is people are going to ask us, can Dreams Unlimited Travel book Tokyo? The technical answer is yes. But the real answer is no. Um, We just don't have enough agents who are familiar with that product to book Tokyo Disneyland for you. However, they have a really good website, um, tokyodisneyresort.jp. You can look at it in English, and it helps you book the resort separately. You can also put together a package, um, and you can add tickets and dining and fast passes and things like that. So... um, we're probably going to get you excited about going to Tokyo Disneyland. I just apologize that we won't be able to book that for you. So let's get started with the travel portion of it. Let's sort of do the nuts and bolts of it. How long was our flight? Uh, 13 and a half hours. That's from Atlanta to Narita Airport. It was arduous. It was not an easy trip. It was not. Um, that amount of time in the plane will just make you crazy. But we did it. We we knew we were going over. We knew we had to do it. We had to put up with that. So we did that. We arranged a private transportation when we arrived, again, because we had a group of people arriving about the same time. So we knew that we're all going to meet up in the airport. Let's get private transportation. However, Tokyo Disneyland, in conjunction with uh, Tokyo in general, has a 
a really good system. They have a train that will go to Tokyo Disneyland from the airport, but they also have something, it's called Airport Limousine, not owned by Disney, but it's specifically for when you get off the plane, you can find this Airport Limousine and you can take it right to the parks. Um, it's a bus. It's on a very strict schedule. We found that the Japanese were very much into schedules and being on time, and things worked very well. Relatively inexpensive. I'm going to give you some pricing. Please don't hold me to it because it's a conversion from yen to dollars, but it's also a fluid price. About $22 per adult one way, about $11 per child one way. So again, we stepped off the plane. We saw these counters for airport limousine. And not knowing they were there, we did something different, but we could have easily taken their transportation. Do you agree with that, Kevin? I agree. We stay at the Tokyo Disneyland Resort, um, one of several resorts out there. We decided to stay at the Tokyo Disneyland Resort because it's their flagship resort. It's also um, connected to the park. Basically, you get out of the front, the back door of this resort, and you walk through the monorail station and you go into the park. So we wanted to do something that was proximity. Um, the resort is gorgeous. Let's run through some of the pictures based primarily on the Grand Floridian uh, resort here. In, very similar. Very similar to Grand Floridian. Big open spaces, big open uh, atrium and lobby areas. Uh, absolutely stunning. Very grand. Um, we love this resort. This resort was fantastic. Um Let's go through the rest of these pictures before we get into uh, sort of descriptions of our room. Again, attention to detail. You know, everywhere you turn, there's a Disney touch. Um, There's things like, um, you know, the characters are talking to you in the elevator. And just everywhere you go, really wonderful Disney touches in this hotel. Again, I talked about the fact of the proximity to the park that this resort was again, walked out the back door right to the train right to the monorail station where you could go to Disney seas or Disney sea, or you could just walk into the Disneyland hotel. And, uh, I got a little video of the view from our room, which was just incredible. So let's run that video again. This is right outside our hotel room, right outside our window. Um, there goes the monorail. The monorail here is more like transportation than our monorail. It actually connects to Tokyo's transportation system. If you're not staying in a Disney hotel, there's a fee to ride the monorail. You go through a central station and you got to pay a fee. But anyone staying in a, as a Tokyo Disney Resort hotel rides the monorail for free. Not sure if you can see it, but in the background there to the left, that's the castle. So on more than one evening, I was able to watch the fireworks and the castle show from our hotel room. Um, Again, there's the entrance to the park right there. It's pretty incredible. It was very easy to get there. Very easy. When we wanted to go to Disney Sea, we went into the train, the monorail station, and just rode the monorail over. But again, easy, easy, easy to get into the park. This hotel had the best hotel shower I've ever seen in my entire life. It was... The first part of the bathroom was your sink sink and counter, and there was a separate room for the commode. And then the bathroom was there was a bathtub and a shower all in the same room. It was you didn't have to get into the tub. The shower was on the other side. It was absolutely the most luxurious 
hotel bath I've ever seen. The rooms are gorgeous. Rooms are done very well. Again, proximity is incredible. Views are incredible. But I think uh, everyone came away with the same idea that, holy smokes, this bathroom is unbelievable. Everybody, the bathroom was a big topic of conversation every morning. I had really great water pressure. The other thing that was cool, too, and I wish I would have brought them, but I forgot, was the amenities in this room. Do you remember the amenities? I do. They're, they reminded they, – they, to me, they looked like they should be in Aladdin. Everything had a gold gilded top. It was very it – was, it was nice stuff. And what else did they put in the room? They put in a toothbrush for everybody. A hairbrush, a, a hairbrush. comb. There were pajamas for everybody in the dresser drawer. It was very – there Slippers. was a lot of stuff. Slippers. It was amazing. And in the grand scheme of things, when I look up prices for this hotel, what we paid, I believe, was – felt very reasonable given the cost of the hotel room and the fact that we got tickets and we built in breakfast every morning. But the rack price for this particular room is about $265 per night. So I don't think that was bad. No, it was easy, easily worth that. And that's all of the deluxe res- uh, resorts in Tokyo. There's the Disney Ambassador Hotel, uh, the Disney Sea Miracosta, and the Disneyland Hotel. There's one value hotel, and that is the Celebration Hotel. And that runs about $135 a night. And again, depends on when you stay, depends on room accommodations. Also, you can turn these into packages. So, you know, if you're looking at it and you get a different price, please don't be mad at me. It's just that's the... That's the rack rate. That's the price that they tell you. Um, we did not do much resort hopping. Uh, we did go over to Miracosta for dinner one night. We ate at a restaurant called Oceana. Mm-hmm. Uh, messed up. Most messed up dinner we've ever had. <laughs> just weird. It was very weird. It, 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 I, it was just – it was listed as a seafood buffet. And it didn't seem that there was a great deal of seafood. We uh, we learned quickly that night that sugar-free soda, Diet Coke, is a commodity. Regular Coke was all you could drink, Sprite all you could drink, root beer all you could drink. Diet Coke was six U.S. dollars a can. But it didn't say that on the menu. It just said soft drinks, free refills. Until... I was on my second Diet Coke, and they brought me a bill for $12. U.S. So Diet Coke is new in Asia, apparently, and they treat it as such. So uh, I would have liked to see more hotels. I just We just didn't have the time. Our time was very short there. The other thing, too, that happened was um, we seem to have been affected by the jet lag and the time difference uh, a lot. It's really seemed to really hit us. Well, when you think about it, we had three nights there, but we didn't arrive till three o'clock after a 13 hour flight. So we had two full days and the last day was we left. So we really had two days, two and a half days in Tokyo, the Tokyo parks. Right. And then most of that time we were tired <laughs> and we were trying to get our bearings and we were trying to get back on schedule. But, um, and I think being where we were helped a lot. It did. You know, if we weren't at that resort, it would have been really tough to, to do more than what we did. Something to talk about. I talk about being um, having mobility issues. Tokyo, the Tokyo resorts will rent scooters. They do have scooters for rent. You have to take a driving test. It takes about 10 minutes. Uh, Literally. Kevin had to follow a lady around in his scooter 
Well, she drive, told like, me what to do. Like a figure eight around mm-hmm. planters and stuff is the best thing. Then she, I had to prove that I knew how to stop it. However, the second day at Disney Sea, it rained. So I couldn't have a scooter at Disney Sea. Actually, vice versa. But that's I apologize. Okay. It's, I, it's backwards. If it's raining, they don't allow you to rent a scooter. So. Yeah. So that this was, is going to become a bigger deal as we go on because they don't rent scooters in Hong Kong or Shanghai Disney. So in, so we had some mobility issues for sure. We had some getting around issues. Um, but I think making the, 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 the logistics of it a little bit easier was the location of it. Oh, yeah. Resort. We would walk out the back door and walk across like an esplanade and you were in the park. And again, I love that monorail. That monorail is so cool. It was very cool. The nice thing is as you go into Disney – Tokyo Disneyland, the main street, it's called, is it Market Square? It's covered. Uh, so the whole thing is it's covered. It's World Bazaar. So think of our main street with a big plastic, not plastic, with a big glass cover over it. So instead of being open to the sky, it's covered. So it's Kind pro- of like the Crystal Palace. It's got like a Crystal Palace cover over it. So it's protected in the winter. It was protected during the one day we went there that was very rainy. And then also, you know the offshoots uh, off of our main street? Those are actually thoroughfares. So they go to other areas of the park. So if you go to the intersection in, in uh, the, on main street and you had left, there's shopping and there's restaurants, but then you can get over to like Pirates. And if you go right, you can go to the park to the right. So that was really cool. It was a very different feel. It was. It was – it was like being someplace you understood but didn't understand. Right. It, was, it was a nice feeling. One of the things that was really neat about this trip was the differences between our park, our Disneyland, our Disney World, our Magic Kingdom. Our spent a lot of time comparing right. which is better, this or this. Right. And I tried to do on this trip is I tried to do things that were going to be different. Like I didn't ride every single ride, but I wanted to ride rides that I knew would be a different experience, say in Japanese. So let's flip through some of the Disneyland pictures. Disneyland, this was, again, this park is based on the Magic Kingdom here in Walt Disney World. So that's Cinderella's castle. Same castle we have here, same hub and spoke design. There's the country bears. They were doing a, um, uh, they were actually doing a, uh, special vacation show in their theater. I enjoyed the fact that they had baths. (laughs) A little creepy, but baths. As you can see, decorated for Halloween. Um, Halloween Halloween is a big deal. They didn't have any parties while we were there, but there was parades and there was shows shows and and special treats. And a great many visitors dress in absolutely elaborate costumes. I am talking like one of the comments that was made was where do they get the shoes that match these outfits perfectly? People would dress as characters and a lot of time Disney shoes are based on animated features. And these women and men would have these shoes that literally matched their character. I think we found it more in Tokyo than the other parks, but we're talking about I would say 90% of the people were dressed in costume. I mean, it was intense. And it was like... And 75% of those 90 were dressed as Duffy. Right. Duffy is huge. Oh, my gosh. Everyone was loving Duffy. The largest uh, stores in the Tokyo parks were based on Duffy. Go to that last picture again, Craig. I do disagree with that statement. I believe the largest stores were candy. Oh, that's true, too. We had some... 
we had issues finding souvenirs and that the souvenirs were, um, first of all, juvenile, for lack of a better word, um, things that, again, I understand that there's a park for kids and kids love Disney and things like that. But even the adult things seem juvenile to me. Nothing that I would buy or bring home to anybody. And, and very inexpensive. There was nothing that you thought would – there was nothing I found that I thought would last until I get out of the park. Right. right. And again, we're showing this. This is Mickey um, in one of the stores that's – oh, something's happening. This is Mickey in one of the stores that's dedicated to candy. And again, you're talking about like a world of Disney store that's just candy. Like the Emporium. On Main Street was just the candy store. You can see from the size of this that this is enormous. Right. Uh, I looked high and low for, to buy something that said Tokyo Disneyland on it. And there was a man on what was Main Street, you called it World Bazaar, mm -hmm. who was making silhouettes. He would cut silhouettes out for people. And I bought a framed silhouette of a pumpkin dressed as Mickey Mouse just because it said Tokyo Disneyland on it. We couldn't find a refrigerator magnet or a coffee cup that said Tokyo Disneyland on it. It was very weird. It was very weird. Uh, going back to the World Bazaar, going back to the Main Street, um, very much like the other parks, there are the windows dedicated to Imagineers. There is the Casey's Corner-ish thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they sold there. Actually, I think it was hot dogs because someone said they actually had a hot dog. Um, but they did have some... Uh, really cool stuff. And one of the things that I was fascinated with was there was a, a magic shop. And this magic shop had a really cool window with an animated Mickey in it. And it was stuff like this that really grabbed my attention. Was the things that were a little bit different and a little bit more The Magic Kingdom in Florida used to have a magic shop right. on Main Street. So I got a little video of, of Mickey doing a magic trick in the window. I thought that this was adorable. I love this. And again, this is, you know, on their Main Street area, so walking around you get to enjoy this level of detail. It was very cool. So cool that I decided to stay there with my camera for 40 minutes or so. And you can see the people in the reflection. It seemed that Alice in Wonderland was a big uh, costume for uh, women. Are you okay back there? Oh, that's not good. Alice in Wonderland, um, and I finally asked a woman why she was dressed as Alice in Wonderland, and she told me it was because Alice had long blonde hair, and it was fun to wear the long blonde wig. Let's talk a little bit about the park itself and some of the things. We didn't really go nuts. Uh, there are some people in our in our group who just, you know, they had to ride everything and they had to get on everything. Again, I talked a lot about I wanted to see the things that were similar to World or to Disneyland, but in Tokyo. I wanted to experience those things. And one of those was Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Johnny Depp in Japanese is great. And seeing the whole thing, the bride scene in Japanese is fantastic. It's basically our ride just with Japanese. And the other thing is I wanted to go see the country bears in Japanese. I got a chance to see that. Um, again, it was a weird thing. It wasn't our country bears. It was the country bears on vacation. So it was more like um, sort of pop music. There was an Elvis song and there was the song vacation and things like that. Oh yeah. So it was, it was same, characters? same characters, all the same bears doing the same thing, but they were singing 
sort of Americana. Yeah. All the guys who turned me on turned me down. No, they didn't do that, which disappointed me. I, that's what I wanted to see. Because uh, I know they used to do the um, the one in Disneyland, the summer one, that what they, they would sing, like, the great outdoors and all that stuff. But this sounds even different yeah. compared to that. Hmm. So it was a little disappointing. I hmm. wanted to see sort of the classic show. Um, and again, the park is set up very much like our park. You know, it's interesting because it's like anytime you go to a different park, Anytime you see, no, oh, this doesn't belong here, and why is this in this spot? But to me, there was nothing that was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird and so bizarre. Main Street was different. It yeah, was, that was half difference. as big, and it was covered, and where we have a straight shot back towards the castle, this was much shorter, but that had side streets. So it was a... It was shaped like a plus sign as opposed to just a straight line. And the other thing is in front of the castle, there's a huge esplanade. There's a a lot of room. Like in our park, you sort of get right up to the castle almost. This was a huge amount of space for crowds, for parades, for fireworks viewing. So They don't have a stage in front of their castle, do they? They do not. No. Hmm. So it was, um, again, a big parade went by at one point during the day, a very – strange parade it felt to me like a lot of their stuff was just about throwing in as many characters as they as they could get didn't feel like there was a lot of storytelling behind it you know this was like maleficent and stitch and cinderella and we were told was that in there's not a haunted mansion in any of the asian parks and that's because they honor the deceased that they don't see them as coming back as ghosts that it's a very different uh outlook on those that have passed but halloween is a huge thing so while we think of all hallows eve and you know ghosts and goblins they do not have any of that yeah i think they've uh they've really adopted the americanized version of trick-or-treating and all that because they love americans it's about carved pumpkins and it's about um candy Mm -hmm. and it's about dressing up in costume i don't believe I don't believe they actually have adopted the the trick or treating like at home. Oh, so from yeah. what I understand, just I, when they come to Disney, then yeah, it's okay. just mostly about That's Disney. Cool. And when we went to Hong Kong, we had an Imagineer who to walked us through the park. And one of the things he said was, uh, in Hong Kong, it was really the, the whole uh, Halloween thing was really a trial. Last year, they did just a little bit of it to see how it would go mm-hmm. over. And then when we talk about Hong Kong, we'll tell you about some of the weird stuff they did there. Oh. But it's sort of like, I guess it's growing. Oh, Asia. yeah. No, I, I think you guys were gone. But the Alice house in Hong Kong, oh, that yeah. like went viral on Facebook while you guys were away when they posted video of that there. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to really do that much. Well, we had a day in the Disneyland park. Yep. And then we had, uh, and these were the way our tickets were structured. Mm-hmm. Our ticket the first day was only good for Disneyland. Our ticket the second day was only good for Disney Sea, and then the third day was good for. We could park both, up. Yeah. We could park up. We go to both parks. So again, Kevin mentioned uh, we, the next day we went to Disney Sea. Now we're going to talk about Disney Sea for a minute. We had really looked forward to this. This was the park where we were very excited. Um, we had heard all the people talk about who ever been there. It's the most beautiful Disney park ever. Um, you're going to be blown away. The things that are there are incredible. We did not have that experience. I did not. Not even a little bit. Disney Sea, 
and maybe it's because of my earliest memories are of the Magic Kingdom here in Florida. I have a certain vision of Disney. I have a certain expectation of Disney. And Disney Sea reminded me of Universal. At one point, we were standing on a bridge and I could see Cape Cod. I could see Brooklyn. And I could see the Ponte Vecchio in Italy. And I, John pointed out, when people try and recreate New York City, they always fail. There's just no way to recreate New York City. And maybe it's because I've been there enough. But I got the feeling that I felt like this was a mishmash. It's based on the fact that all of the things that they've put in Disney Sea are near the sea. I realize that's kind of obvious. <laughs> but we ate lunch in a giant ocean liner. You're which get, I think you're getting ahead of us. I'm sorry, go ahead. So let's let's sort of I want to say try to stay a little bit linear. This is the entrance to right. Disney Sea. We'll run through some of these pictures and then we'll talk to you a little bit about um so again, this feels like universal. There's a big spinning globe as soon as you walk in. And I mean, if you see these buildings, there's the entryway. And again, Halloween is a Halloween overlay for almost everything. Um, this is a uh, mysterious island. And there was a restaurant in there that's supposedly very Magellan's. good. Magellan's. And Magellan's, we got in very early. We couldn't get a reservation there. So we did a walk up and they told us that we could not get into Magellan's for three days. This is their version of Venice. So again, all sort of based on uh, things by the ocean, things that are iconic to the ocean, but um, in a very strange way. And again, not it didn't feel like a Disney park to us. Um, I will give them this. It was very well themed. It was very intricate. Uh, had some very cool stuff. Let's pause on this for a minute. This is their Haunted Mansion. Which we, I was very impressed. No, this is their Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror, I'm sorry. I apologize. This is their Tower of Terror, which is based on um, like a New York State, Upper New York State. Hudson Valley Hudson House. Hudson Valley House. Very well done. Um, so again, these, these details are there and it's themed very well, but it doesn't feel like Disney. And when we say it feels like Universal, we're not saying that Universal's bad. We're just saying that usually Universal does their thing I mean, very well. You could be in Amity, and the next thing is San Francisco, and the next thing is a New York Street. That's what this felt like. And I understand that Disney has different lands, and you wander from land to land. But when you're standing in Tomorrowland, you don't really see Fantasyland. At this kind of, just looking at it, it kind of feels like a California adventure to me. Not even, looking- is not even a California adventure Craig, I mean, it was. I love California Adventure. It feels very Disney to me. This felt very odd. This did. This didn't have a Disney feel to me. And there was a bunch of people in our group, so I, who agreed. And I'm not. I don't need anybody to back up my opinion. I was okay with making my own, but I was interested to hear what other people had to say. I had been led to believe that this was the most beautiful Disney park. I mean, from what I've seen in the photos, obviously I haven't been there. The thing that jumps out to me immediately was looking at the rock work and the brickwork on all of the buildings. Like for a theme park, that's where it looked like one step beyond because uh, a lot of times in Disney, you're so used to fake facades. I mean, that's all. It just has to kind of look decent on the outside. But a lot of the buildings in the pictures you took, they, they look like they're 
legitimately old-fashioned buildings that have been there forever. So the attention I'm to wondering detail, if that's it. The attention to detail is fantastic. And it feels to me like the idea is very good. It just is a very bizarre yeah. We were sitting down at one point. We took a little bit of a rest. And we were sitting in Greece. And where I was sitting in Greece, I was looking at an Italian restaurant in Venice. So it was... Yeah. That doesn't feel Disney to me. Disney, to me, is immersive. When you go to a a land in a Disney theme park, you're immersed in that land. And the Imagineers take a great deal of time to consider line of sight, to consider the entire experience. Again, we're walking on what is, quote-unquote, the Pata Vecchio um, in Florence. And you look to your right, and there is a, I don't know what year I would put, 1920s steamship. Uh, parked over there, and then there's a trolley car that runs on the Ponte Vecchio. So it's all very sort of a mishmash of weirdness. Well, I think you're right. The attention to detail is very good. It's not the immersive experience I expect yeah. from Disney. It's the individual places aren't big enough to be immersive. If you're standing and looking at up close one thing, it's good. But then you turn around and, I mean... Do you think this would have been more impressive in like a uh, pre Cars Land, pre Diagon Alley level of immersiveness that were no? Because again, you know, you're talking about. I don't know if I included that picture or not, but as you, when you walked past um, their Tower of Terror, then you got to their Toy Story Land. You got to their yeah. This didn't sit far enough off on its own. To be themed as far as I was concerned. And I, I realize I'm being picky. We're being very picky. But, but it's all it's all about your perception of it. Right. I was disappointed because so many people had said it's so wonderful. And it didn't seem so wonderful. I got wonderful. the feeling this was an, an amusement park as opposed to a theme park. Mm. That's a good way to put it. So one of the really cool things, one of the things we actually thought was uh, very Disney-like, very uh, innovative, was their Aquatopia. Um this is kind of like um, we had talked about the Ratatouille ride that's in uh, Disneyland Paris that's coming to Epcot. This is sort of a water version of that where these boats are on the water and they're floating around. kind of like bumper boats. They look like bumper boats, but they're controlled by magnets. And they do this sort of ballet. Um, they don't touch each other. They don't interact with they each other. They come very close. They come very close. The other thing about it is you sit very high on top of this, I, I don't know if you can see how high out of the water these things were moving fairly quickly. So we've got a little video of it. We thought it was really awesome. So this to me was kind of like, oh, there's that Disney moment. There's that Disney spark. But again, as you're sitting here, I don't have it in this video. To the right is a San Francisco trolley, you know, up on an elevated track. Again, very, very weird, very distorted. And there's China. It, it just... It felt like a lot of ideas based on a very loose theme. Look at these, I think this is so cool. So very well done there. Um, again, I think the other thing that kind of reminded me of Universal was in the middle of this park is what they call Mysterious Island. And there's a giant volcano. Um, there is... Uh, a lagoon in front of the volcano, and during the day they do a water parade, which was very cool. It was very long. 
Um, it was a great deal of people dancing around the lagoon. There were water floats. There it were, literally stopped everything. Stopped everything for like a good half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, again, one of the things that was very cool and that sort of reminded me of Universal because of Volcano Bay was they have this um, big volcano in the middle of Mysterious Island. Let's watch that. This is sort of the break going in the background and things happening and people twirling signs and things. And then that happens. So kind of, you know... That does not sound like Jafar at all. Did you hear the, mu- the, the stuff, the music that I recorded from? Yeah. <laughs> so again, very... I, again, I think I, I feel bad because I feel like people are going to say to us, "You are very spoiled, and you get to do these really cool things, and you don't appreciate what you got to do and see." Just our opinion. Oh, I was, appreciated getting to see it. Yeah. I'm really glad I got to see it. I didn't. I went with a great deal of expectation. I had been sold that this was the most beautiful Disney park ever. That was what I wanted to see, and when I got there, again, I have very high expectations of Disney. I think the Magic Kingdom in Florida is beautiful. I think Disneyland is beautiful. I thought Shanghai Disneyland was beautiful. I thought Disney Sea reminded me of Universal. And not that Universal is not pretty and fun and great and people love it. It's different than Disney. And that's how I felt about this. I didn't feel this was as Disney as I had hoped it would be. There was also some construction going on. They were finishing up some lands that weren't done yet. So there were some construction walls and traffic was diverted. So that could have affected our uh, our experience in general. So what happened is, again, we talked about these tickets. We got a ticket that one day was Tokyo Disneyland. Another day was a Disney Sea, And another day was a park hopper where we could go to either park as much as we wanted. Our last day with the park hopper, we went to Disney Sea, and were so underwhelmed by it. Oh, no, I have that wrong. Yeah, I was so over- underwhelmed by it that we decided let's hire a car and go see Tokyo. We kind of thought we're in Tokyo. You've got to see Tokyo. You can't just go and stay in a Disney. I didn't want to go all the way to Japan and only see Tokyo Disneyland. I wanted to at least see Tokyo. So we hired a car and driver, uh, something we do in in a lot of the places we go to. Um, went through the hotel concierge, very, very helpful. Um, got it all worked out. Very nice driver, comfortable car. And, you know, Tokyo is a city. Uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, we, again, had a different expectation. What was your expectation of Tokyo? I, I kept telling people I expected Tokyo to look like a brand new iPhone. I just expected everything to be sleek and modern and high speed. And Tokyo has, Tokyo is just a city like any other city. There are parts of it that look like that. There, there were certain areas that I asked that I wanted to see. I wanted to see the Ginza. I wanted to see Shibuya. So show this picture. This is Shibuya. Explain what that is. Shibuya is that crossing that they always show on TV that for the minute and a half that the lights are right, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people cross the street and there is no direction so it's just like chaos sea of humanity and then all of a sudden the light changes and it's empty it was i had seen it on tv i wanted to see it i wanted to see something called the horror i think there's is there another picture of that intersection that's the second picture of that 
right. yeah that's the picture you always see with the huge billboards we actually got a picture of it that entire building is a billboard it reminds me of a very ultra modern Times square and i think one of the next ones is um this was the kabuki theater we went by the the world famous kabuki theater it was getting dark our time was running out um we're not there yet. That's for the next thing. It's okay. So the other thing is we wanted to see... Um, I wanted to see the Harajuku. That is the trendiest area in Tokyo. Gwen Stefani I was going to say, I know the girls well. Right. <laughs> um, it's sort of where the where much of the fashion comes from. Our driver was very, very funny. He said, I will take you by it, but I'm not getting out. And I said, okay. Why? I thought he meant because it was unsafe. He goes, because I'm not dressed well enough to walk down the Harajuku. They will make fun of me. They'll make fun of me. So I thought, (laughs) well, none of us are getting out there either because they'll probably make fun of us too. But they drove us around and we got to see – I felt like we saw a lot of Tokyo. We did. What else did we see? There was something else. We stopped at the Peninsula Hotel to use the restroom. That's true. There was was the, the fish markets were big. We, we saw the, the fish, fish markets. markets. We asked him to just show us, so we could say we saw a part of Tokyo. That was what we did. We didn't have that much time because we were leaving the next morning. So, on the way back, our driver happened to live right near Tokyo Disneyland. So I asked him if there was a restaurant that he would recommend where he would go to eat, and he hemmed and he hawed, and I we were all. I think one of the things that we're not really talking about we're is the talk- overwhelming tiredness oh, yeah. of this. The jet lag was really knocking us out. It was 7 o'clock at night, and I think we all could have fallen asleep in the car. So we asked him to take us to McDonald's. How was that experience, though? Absolutely hilarious. I There were peace talks that were less negotiation. Um, he told me that he had to order for us. I would say the ordering process took seven minutes and there was a great deal of screaming and gestures back and forth and that everything came as a set. You couldn't order just the sandwich. You ordered the set. So everything we ordered and there were five of us in the car, four of us in the car, everything came with a drink and French fries. (laughs) So if you wanted two sandwiches, you got two sandwiches, two fries and two drinks. So with four people... And we finally gave up. We are finally like, okay, good. Give me the number one. I don't care. I need Six two number, number ones. ones. I need two number threes. So we had a dozen Cokes and Diet Cokes in the car. <laughs> it, it just, it got funnier and funnier and funnier. And then when we got to the window, one of the people in our car asked if they had chicken nuggets. And this was an international incident. <laughs> We got managers out. We got people out of the back. We got people off the street to argue whether there were chicken nuggets or not. Till finally it was like, just give me two more number twos. So, And it was, you know, um, we have a certain expectation because we're used to how things are done here. So it was all sort of a little bit off. French fries tasted like fish. It was McDonald's very, adjacent. Right. It was almost McDonald's. However, we took it all back to the room, and everybody went back to the room and talked about it the next morning that we all fell asleep with McDonald's on the bed because we were so tired. Exhausted. So uh, let's finish up by talking about food. Okay. Okay. Um, again, not having enough time here to really experience a lot of the food, we sort of did our best. And you'll find through our entire series of talking about this entire trip, 
Food was a challenge, more so than we thought it was going to be. Every day within our, our resort reservation, we had breakfast. We had breakfast in the hotel uh, at the buffet called Sherwood Garden Restaurant. And beautiful space, beautiful location, uh, nice buffet with very odd choices. This is the Japanese area with things I don't even know if you can recognize what any of that stuff is. I mean, just weird, weird stuff. Um, and you know, not things- enough descriptive little words on the page right. that I could read to figure out what it was. The good part was that there was also Western breakfast. Right. So here's some, there were some eggs. These are the mini Mickey waffles. Everybody thought that was great. There were pancakes and scrambled eggs. And omelet station. And omelets, like, things like that. However, at some point, everybody wound up with egg salad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they have egg salad. This is the best thing ever. The omelet station took forever. The eggs, I don't know what they did to the eggs, but I would describe them more as oatmeal. They were liquid, and you would put them on your plate, and they would immediately take up the entire plate. Mm. So they weren't what everybody was looking for, and we found out that they had egg salad made out of real eggs. So every morning for breakfast, we, everybody had egg salad. It was, it was fun, and we all tried. Some of us were more adventurous than others with the Japanese food. So everybody tried it, and it was – we made it. There were a lot of things that included parts of the animals that we would not normally eat here in the United States. I think I'm going to leave that at that. And there were times when you were scared. What is in this? And, you know, you can't really get a straight answer about what's in it. So that was breakfast every day, and we sort of got by on it. We can make things work. You know, you could do a omelet or you could do egg salad. Um, and that sort of got us through the day. Um, one of the days, the day we were in Disney Sea. Um, Look, just looking around, didn't really have any idea where to eat. Uh, we ran across um, the Roosevelt Lounge, the Teddy Roosevelt Lounge. And looking at the menu, we thought, well, this seems like it could be something that would be satisfying. Things like they had a Reuben sandwich and they had a Cobb salad. So we thought, oh, we could, you know, we could do well here and, and, and be okay. And interesting enough, um, our little group, as we were entering – met up with another group of our folks. So they had the same idea that we did. Um, What I found very interesting about this, it was fun to see um, this sort of Japanese take on what Teddy Roosevelt was and what Americana was at that time. It was a beautiful space, before you get too far into it. It was a beautiful space. But it was just – it was very interesting. You know, there's a lot of pictures of Teddy Roosevelt with dead animals and things like that. And it's all sort of – I guess this was their interpretation of what it was going to be like. So it's not a conventional restaurant. There are tables. There are club chairs. There are couches. I don't know if you can see this, but in this picture right here, right in the front left foreground, there is an adult woman – and she is Dolly Parton, a modified version of Ursula. It might be Pete oh. from Halloween. See, yeah, I she saw was, the corset. I just couldn't figure out what she was going for yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah. Now hmm. he skipped the main subject here. The Teddy Roosevelt Lounge is in a full size 1920s ocean liner. Right. That Which, is detailed. 
perfectly. It really looks like you're in an ocean liner. It, I, I swear they got an ocean liner. And they just fixed it up and painted it. And it's absolutely stunning. Again, the attention to detail is there. It's just the weirdness of it. But there's an ocean liner plopped down in the middle of this park, which is apropos to nothing. I guess that's one of the things I was trying to explain before. It's just kind of it's disjointed. One of the things on the menu that I was excited about was you could get beef jerky. <laughs> so this was my beef jerky. Um, I thought that was chocolate. No, it's a hard <laughs> oh, picture. I, I thought it was part of the floor, and I was there. You uh-huh. thought it was a design. Um, you needed a blowtorch and uh, a miter saw to get through it. It was not the easiest thing to eat. I found that they had baked brie and toast. That was very good, because <laughs> how could you go wrong with baked brie? It was delicious. Um, this was the sandwich that Jeff and Val shared it was a chicken, a chicken sandwich yeah, of some like sort. It was okay. The fries were good. And then here is my um, Reuben. It, it was on white bread, and it had <laughs> lettuce and tomato. And They didn't toast the bread. They did not they toast did not. the bread. And it was corned beef, and that was, the corned beef was kind of the only nod to an actual Reuben. There was none of the other Reuben things on it. It was a corned beef sandwich with lettuce and tomato. So that was fun. And then we found <laughs> Kevin's favorite ride in the park. Was the leather um, wingback chair. <laughs> wing back I, again, chair. I have to talk to the fact that we had gotten off a 13-hour flight. And any time that we sat down, somebody fell asleep. It, it was We were tired. We were tired. Oh, I have a question about that flight. You might have said it earlier and I might have missed it. Sorry. Um, so what time of day was it? Did you – you went ahead of time? When we were in Asia – um, in Japan, we were 13 hours ahead. So if it was noontime here, it was 1 o'clock in the morning the next day there. We were always 13 hours ahead of Florida. Time, and what East time Coast did time. we fly out? Do you remember? We flew to Atlanta and... It was a morning, I think. It was a, yeah. it was a morning. We started our day early in the morning. Yeah. Um, and ended up in Narita around 2 o'clock. Yeah, something like that. Which, of course, was like 1 o'clock in the morning or something. Who knows yeah, what it was? Right. God, God only knows what it was. Um, it was easier when we got to China because China was exactly 12 hours ahead. So you didn't even have to change your watch. It was just if it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon here in China, it was 4 a.m. that morning in the U.S. on the East Coast. This was a cause for consternation most of the time, especially when people home were trying to contact people on the trip because you would get a call at 3 o'clock in the morning and, you know, you're in a hotel in a strange place and the phone rings at 3 o'clock in the morning. You are sure there's something wrong. Right. And it's somebody like, do you think I should water this plant today or should I wait till tomorrow? And you'd think – Or worse yet, it's somebody trying to do a survey or uh, right. you know, trying I got, to sell you something. I actually got somebody who wanted to know how I felt about my credit card. She did not like my answer. Um, Let's talk about some. So, so again, we we went to the parks. We experienced the food. We did the best we could with the time we had. Let's talk a little bit about our overall experience. Um, I think that in general, as we went forward with our group and we had a chance to talk to everybody in the group, there were some things that kind of surprised us and surprised everybody at the same time. One of the things for me was – um, the amount of people in Japan, or actually any of the parks, who did not speak English. You know, you kind of assume you're going to a Disney park, you're going to Tokyo, which is metropolitan. 
um, there was a great deal of communication issues. And these were cast members. Right. I mean, these were not just – we weren't just talking to strangers. We tried. But it was cast members who spoke no English. You had to find um, – a person that wore a button that said, I speak English. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of even see that in a way when you go to Epcot and you go to Japan or China in there. A lot of times they're even struggling with uh, with communicating properly. This, wasn't, this wasn't bad. We just yeah. we had been told Our expectation that there were was, more. Right. Was that, well, you know, oh, don't worry to... about it. You'll be able to communicate yeah. with everybody. Um, but there was a what? lot of miming. Yeah. And you get by and you point and you use your Google Translate and everyone sort of – in it together to, to communicate. So it wasn't a horrible thing. It was something that surprised me. The other thing that surprised me and surprised, I think, a lot of people was the food. Um, I'll say this. I've said it many times before. I'll say it again. Kevin and I are adventurous eaters. We will try everything. And the fact that there were times when we struggled, like on that buffet, it was like, wow, how do we sort of get something that you know we can sort of And again, it was because – it wasn't recognizable to you. There wasn't enough of a description to tell you what it was to make a decision. And there wasn't somebody you could actually ask who could break it down for you. Mm-hmm. So that seemed to be. And then we would sit at the table and what was that? What did you just eat? And a lot of times you would hear the same thing. I don't know. Was it good? Not really. So, What else? What else surprised you about Tokyo? The number of people that dressed up, adults, and I'm talking absolutely elaborate, elaborate costumes, the number of people who came to the park dressed identically, men and women, adult men, would dress exactly alike to the person standing next to them. The other thing someone explained to me is it's become very popular to take like a hooded sweatshirt and if John and I were standing next to each other, we would be dressed identically, and then we would take one arm of the sweatshirt and tie it to my outside wrist, and then pull it across and tie it to his outside wrist so that you walked as a unit. Strange. It was very, very strange. And, you know, it's just, it's not something I'm used to, and I was, and someone pointed out, it's, a lot of people were dressed as Minnie Mouse. And we expected if you're going to dress as Minnie Mouse, you're going to go someplace and find a pair of yellow high heels. You know the big molded shoes that Minnie wears in the park? These were people. Oh, yeah. These were people wearing those. And we thought, well, are they making those? Is there a Minnie Mouse shoe store? I actually saw someone wearing one of those when we were just out in California. Blew me away. They look amazing. And where do you think they get them? Well, that was the other thing. These all can't be seamstresses or. Tailors, where are they buying these elaborate costumes? There was a a, a woman dressed as um, the White Rabbit from Alice. And all I can tell you is she must have gone through Disney's wardrobe. And she her costume was stunning. But I thought, where did she get it? There was a great deal of Duffy. You mentioned the fact that Duffy is huge over there. There were people not only dressed as Duffy, but there was a... Um, Sort of a trend for girls to have Duffy on their clothes. So, like, one girl had her whole skirt was like Duffy heads. Now, the first couple of days we were in Japan, it was 95 degrees and 100% humidity. Living in Florida, that's not a big deal. But these people were dressed in one lady was wearing a wool macrame 
Duffy outfit. She had a Duffy hat. She was carrying a Duffy purse, and she had fur leggings. And I thought, the poor thing's going to pass out. And this was men and women who were dressed as Duffy. We ran into one man who was completely dressed as Duffy in a Halloween costume. And he had a toddler-sized Duffy. I don't know how else to describe it. It was, I'm going to guess, two and a half feet tall. And that Duffy was wearing the same costume that he was wearing. And he walked around with it out in front of him. And he would turn and show Duffy the view of where he was so Duffy could see everything. So a lot of that surprised us. The other thing, too, is a lot of people carrying um, full-size plushes, either Duffy or his girlfriend or his cat or whatever it was. I mean, they had full-size – and, like, walking around and holding it like a child. The longest line was apparently there's Duffy – and there is Shelly May. Now, this was in Shanghai. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Shelly May was the girlfriend. And apparently there's a new character called Gelatoni. And Gelatoni is Shelly May's cat. This took a lot of time for us to figure this out. The longest lines were seven hours for a meet and greet with Gelatoni and nine hours if you wanted to buy Gelatoni merchandise. That's... It was crazy. So very big over there. The, mm, the costume. I think the costume surprised us a lot. It was like we were we couldn't stop looking at people. We couldn't stop taking pictures of people, and they were fine with it. They loved it. There was no one that came dressed up as a ghost or a burglar right. or any typical Halloween costume. No one came dressed up as um in a cheap off the rack Disney costume. These were elaborate. They put costuming on the map. They were really really well done. Okay, I'm done with that. You're done with costumes? Mm. All right. So that's kind of the overview I wanted to give of our trip. Um, again, we tried to do this pretty quickly, but sort of give you an idea of the things we had a chance to do and see and what our experiences were. Um, I would say my experience would be different if I wasn't a zombie, mm-hmm. if I wasn't falling asleep at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and then wide awake at 2.30 in the morning. I think my experience would have been different. The other thing too is we talked. Did we talk about um, the scooter? Did we we talked about you couldn't rent the scooter on the day it was raining? And they let me rent a scooter one day. The next day I couldn't rent it because it was raining. So I think if we had a scooter that day, it would have been a little bit of a different experience for you. But again, in general, it wasn't this idea that I had. A, I mean, people did it. People ran through the parks and got on every ride. I didn't feel that in Tokyo. I wanted to see the things that I thought would be different and cool and. Interesting to see. I was really looking forward to Disney Sea, and it just didn't. It didn't live up to my expectations. And I don't think that has anything to do with the fact that we were exhausted. Right. I agree. We taught, we've asked uh, many, many times. Would you go back? Um, I don't know that I would make a special trip to Tokyo, Disneyland. Do you? No. No, I don't think I would. Sort of a one and done type of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad I got to see it. I feel very lucky that we got to see it. And I was I feel that I saw I got the feel of it. We were there for a day and I got the feel of it. So but I also felt that way about driving through Tokyo. I had a couple of hours. We tried to compress as much into it as possible. That's how we did the parks both days. We did Disney Disneyland and Disney Sea. We tried to compress as much as we could into one day. 
And as we talk further about the rest of our trip and experiences in the different parks, you'll see that um, in some places we had a chance to do more because we had more time there, right. but we also because the parks are smaller. And so there's more like this. We had to get two parks in and do the whole experience. So, um, again, so happy we had a chance to do it. Had a great time with the folks we traveled with. Um, That's always the highlight of our travel. Couldn't have asked for a better group of people to go with us and to experience this with us. And uh, having the opportunity to do it is fantastic. So we're very happy to have done that. And I would tell you that I'm a shopper. I like to buy things. I like to bring home souvenirs. And I brought one thing home. It was that silhouette I told you of a pumpkin dressed as Mickey. And the people that we were with, the only thing they bought was the other pumpkin dressed as Minnie. So we didn't come home with a lot of things that said uh, Tokyo Disneyland on it. There was just nothing that we could buy. However, the people there, the I assume the Japanese people, or could have been from anywhere, were shopping like crazy. Like bags and bags and bags of stuff. And we were marveled at, what are you buying? What is it that's got your attention? Apparently, it's Duffy. Because that was the only thing that was for sale. And candy. All right, that'll do it for our show. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening and watching at home. We really appreciate it. Again, as I mentioned, this is part one of a multi-part series. We will be doing a show about our adventure in general. We will do a show about um, Hong Kong and then also Shanghai separate. So we hope you join us for those. Thank you again for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week and we hope you have a great vacation. (laughs) 